Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fassy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. All right, let's roll. Unfortunately, the NBA game has just uh, tipped off. We can give you our thoughts from an NBA DFS perspective on the Toronto Raptors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. We really should have hit this uh, a couple of minutes ago, but we were caught up in uh, in Cam's roof story. <laughs> Cam's roof uh, blowing off its uh, hinges. So Paul Bovey is going to join us in about uh, 20 minutes uh, time. And it's going to be great to get uh, Paul Bovey back in the rotation because he really is one of the best uh, NBA cappers uh, that we know. And uh, maybe he can talk me out of doing something stupid in this uh, Toronto Raptor game this evening. Uh, but we'll get down to some Major League Baseball uh, DFS. As I mentioned, early start here this evening. And I, I, don't really, uh, I, don't, I don't really get this as to why they're playing this game. Uh, to six o'clock uh, tonight. The other last week they did this, and we you know we went to the game. Actually, the Toronto Raptor game started at six o'clock, and it was because the Boston Bruins and the Boston Celtics were still playing, and there were scheduling conflicts uh, with the arena. Yet I really don't get it uh, right now. But you know, for all the credit Adam Silver gets, and I even have somebody that just tweeted me uh, saying, "Hey, look how great Silver is because he's talking about gambling." Yeah, he's talking about gambling. Silver should worry less about gambling and worry like he should worry less about integrity fees with sports books and more about integrity uh, with the NBA and its officials uh, right now. I like Adam Silver. I think he's a progressive uh, commissioner. I think his heart is in the right place. Um, but I guess it's just the machinery of of the NBA and the television entertainment aspect of it. But you know, it's getting old, man. You know, yeah, LeBron James is great, but it's getting old. But nevertheless, let's talk some uh, baseball right now, all right? We've uh, talked a lot of basketball on the program uh, today. Let's take a look at the baseball uh, board here this evening. I'll give you the numbers, then we'll jump in uh, DFS style. It's kind of a lighter night uh, tonight, seven games. San Francisco uh, and uh, Philadelphia uh, this evening. Uh, San Francisco are minus 130. The total is nine. Uh, we've got uh, got somebody making their Major League Baseball debut this evening, and this P.J. Conlon guy uh, with the New York Mets. You know, it's the first uh, Irish, first uh, player to be born in Ireland to uh, play in a Major League Baseball game since 1945. So uh, shout out to the Irishman out there. Conlon on the hill this evening, although I think Conlon uh, is in trouble tonight uh, because uh, the New York Mets bats are colder than my ex-girlfriend. Uh, but we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Homer, don't Bailey on the hill. It's a pick'em game, minus one ten, over under nine and a half. Detroit Tigers, uh, Fulmer versus Moore. Tigers and Rangers total nine and a half. Rangers are small home favorites here, minus one fifteen. Marlins and the Cubs, and Cubs lost last night an in extra innings. It's it's never really a good idea to bet on a team, guys, that uh, played a prolonged baseball game. And I don't even know how many innings that game went last night. I'm tired of losing my Sunday night baseball bets. And, of course, I did have a piece of the Chicago Cubs last night. So I saw I was in the 13th inning, and I stopped watching. I was like, whatever, man. I know I'm going to lose in a couple of minutes or an hour or whatever. So why should I prolong this? <coughs> why should I prolong the agony? How many innings did it go? 14 innings. 14 innings. All right, let's see how many, uh, how many pitchers. How many pitchers did the Cubs use uh, last night? The Chicago Cubs used one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Not including John Lester. They used seven relief pitchers uh, last night. 
Montgomery went three innings. Morrow went one inning. Uh, Dunsing went one and two-thirds. Edwards went one and a third. They used seven different pitchers uh, last night, not including John Lester. So generally, just as a warning, you got to be careful betting on baseball teams after they're in prolonged uh, baseball games, even though the Cubs are a little bit of a streak right now. And I know Cam said earlier that he thinks they're going to uh, beat up uh, on uh, the Marlins tonight. I'm not so sure. The Marlins are actually swinging a pretty hot bat uh, right now. Baseball's a streaky uh, sport. I'm not ready to lay the big price uh, with the Chicago Cubs uh, tonight. So, yeah, 14 in a game uh, there last night. You got the Twins and uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals are red hot right now. They're only minus 135-cent uh, favorites. And you know what? I didn't post this pick, actually. I posted picks earlier on my Patreon page today. And I didn't post uh, this game. But why not just ride the hot hand here with the St. Louis Cardinals tonight uh, with Gant uh, on the hill? Keuchel and Anderson. Astros only minus 135. This line kind of baffles me and confuses me. We were talking about Strasburg. Strasburg's minus 170 in his hometown at San Diego. Tyson Ross on the hill for San Diego. And I think some are going to make the argument that you could start both uh, Strasburg and Ross tonight um, on your DFS uh, rosters uh, this evening. I'm not going to do that, and I'm really going to get crazy here. And I'm going to miss Tony for calling me out for doing stupid things like I'm about to do uh, right now. Um, but uh, let's start off with Strasburg. There's nothing stupid about taking Steven Strasburg uh, tonight, man. The guy has dominated San Diego in his career. Um, San Diego, they hit 206 against Strasburg. He's never given up a home run. Uh, four runs, 19 strikeouts, uh, 63 at-bats to the, the current current uh, crop of San Diego Padres. He's 6-2 and two in his career with a 294 earned run average. Um, in eight starts against the San Diego uh, Padres, third uh, to last in Major League Baseball, Woba versus uh, righties, striking out at a 28% uh, KO rate uh, here. There's nothing not to like about Strasburg tonight besides the price, but it's an ugly-ass board tonight, man. All right, uh, it's, you know, it's an ugly baseball uh, card tonight. It just is. It's an ugly card for betting purposes, and it's an ugly card for DFS purposes at if you don't take Strasburg, really, are you going to be able to come up with two dudes? They're going to be able to put the put up the numbers that you're going to need. So I spent a lot of money on Strasburg. He's freaking expensive. Um, this guy is not, and he's dirt cheap, and uh, it's a gamble. And I know that the DFS companies uh, don't like uh, people saying this, uh, but DFS is a gamble, <laughs> and it is gambling. And uh, I'm going to lay it down and roll the uh, the dice on Homer Bailey. That's right, I said it. Homer, don't, Bailey. So, as I mentioned, man, the Mets bats are cold, man, all right? Um, they got shut out three times. <laughs> they, you know, they played a six-game homestand. They got shut out in three of the games. Uh, they were held to two runs or fewer five times, including the three shutouts. Uh, and they just keep getting more and more injured. Nobody's hot um, on, on their team. There's nothing to like. I mean, they're sending out a, a, you know, they're sending out an Irish dude. First Irish dude since 1945 uh, tonight on the Hill. The the Cincinnati Reds have some bats tonight. I'm going to have these bats in the lineup, but I'm going to roll the dice on Homer Bailey. And this is basically just a play against the, the New York Met lineup uh, more than anything. Uh, Bailey started off the season strong, man. Three of his first starts uh, were strong. Strong outings. Uh, he's had problems over the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, he's given up uh, quite a few home runs, actually. He's given up, uh, what, six home runs over his last three starts. A little bit of a problem. He's 1-4 in, in his career with a 6-4-9 ERA versus the New York Mets. That's why I'm taking him. That's why I'm taking him. Nobody's going to want this dude. All right? <laughs> Nobody, no, nobody, Nobody's going to want uh, him tonight. Although, you know what, I think... I think some people actually will take him. I think uh, I think it's going to be like a hip contrarian play, or at least it's a hip contrarian play for me. So I got Strasburg and Bailey as my pitch. I'm going with Hicks, man, Detroit Tigers, uh, as my catcher uh, here. Hicks is raw. Um, Hicks in a good spot here tonight against Matt Moore. Catcher's kind of a weird position uh, here this evening. Uh, Hicks is affordable. He's cheap. And uh, so Hicks will be our guy. Um, speaking... Um, Speaking of Conlin and speaking of the Mets and the Reds, we're going to take Joey Votto, man. Uh, Joey Votto starting. Well, Joey Votto's just a monster, right? But he's 7 for 13 with a home run and three doubles over the weekend uh, versus the Miami uh, Marlins. 
Um, so we're going to play uh, Joey Votto here this evening. Um, we're talking about uh, talking about the Chicago Cubs, and uh, Kyle Hendricks is on the hill for the Cubs uh, this evening. You know what? The Marlins uh, Marlins bats have uh, come alive, man. They've been putting runs up on the board. They're a young lineup, but you know, baseball is a streaky sport, man. And when you know teams are hot, they put up runs. When they're not, they don't. Right now, the Marlins are. And as I was just stating, I wouldn't I wouldn't lay the price uh, with the Chicago Cubs tonight. I'm going to take Starlin Castro uh, this evening, man. He's uh, he's cheap. Uh, he's three for six in his career with an RBI against uh, against Hendricks. He drove in three runs uh, yesterday. Uh, used to play here, going back uh, home. A uh, little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's put up 41 DraftKings points in his last two baseball games. So, uh, Starlin Castro. Uh, we're going to take uh, Franco, my main man Franco, uh, this evening for the Philadelphia Phillies. On a nice run right now. Seven for 15, two home runs, three doubles during uh, a four-game uh, four RBI and hitting streak right now. Uh, some marges on the hill. San Francisco's a hot baseball team, and we've got San Francisco Giant in our lineup that we'll get to in a second, but... I was looking at uh, Hoskins uh, tonight, and I, you know, I was going back and forth. He's cooled off a bit, but he hit a home run on Saturday. But Samarja is all or nothing, and Samarja can give up the long ball. So I'm going to take a shot. Franco's hot here tonight. It's a lighter slate. Uh, he's um, he's a little bit expensive, but not too much. So I'm going to take uh, Frank here. As I mentioned, seven seven for fifteen and two home runs and three doubles, man. Um, he, he's on a little bit of a run right now. Speaking of a guy on a run, man, uh, you know, who's who's put up 63 DK points in his last four games for dirt cheap? Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford, man. 63 DK points in his last four games. Uh, he's four for eight in his career with two home runs against uh, against Elfin who's 0-1 with a 6-7-5 earned run average uh, versus uh, the Giants. So give me a piece uh, give me a piece of uh, Crawford tonight. I think there's going to be some runs scored in this baseball game tonight. Uh, Cameron Mabin uh, tonight. Uh, you know, here I spent a lot of money in the, in the outfield, as you'll see in a second. Or <laughs> I spread around here. Or I should say Hoskins cost me a lot of money. Uh, but uh, Mabin, he's not too expensive. He's two for four in his career. Three walks, a run, and a stolen base against uh, Kyle Hendricks. And as I stated, I just don't trust Kyle Hendricks or the Cubs uh, here this evening. I'm sort of going to ride the uh, the hot hand with the Marlins. Uh, we talked about Hoskins. Listen, he's got 29 DK points in his last two games. He's cooled off a little bit, uh, but he did a hit, hit a home run on uh, Saturday. And I think he can go deep uh, here tonight against uh, Samarja. I was thinking about George Springer. Uh, tonight, I was going back and forth, Hoskins and Springer, and uh, I ended up, I didn't want to change my mind. I ended up going with Hoskins, but, you know, if you're looking at the projections and check out DailyRoto.com, uh, go to DailyRoto.com, use the promo code $1. It's still worth it for the rest of the month. You'll get the entire month for $1. Just use promo code $1. You get the entire uh, month. And if you look at the projections uh, tonight, uh, Springer is projected to do uh, well uh, against Anderson this evening. Hoskins is like, you know, ranked seventh or eighth or so. Uh, but I'm going to roll the dice with Hoskins uh, tonight. And finally, in closing, uh, we're going with Duval uh, tonight. Uh, you know, it's all or nothing uh, with this dude, Duval. Um, and it seems um, like it's uh, more nothing than all. Uh, but I think he's in a good spot here versus uh, Conlon. This is another, I'm going to trust the numbers on this. And the fact of the matter is, listen, I haven't won a million dollars playing DFS uh, baseball. Full disclosure, my best sports in DFS are NASCAR. I do pretty well in NASCAR. NBA, pretty good, but, you know, head-to-head and and the double-up stuff. NBA, you got to be too freaking perfect. Um, Like a lot of people, football, but we'll be able to hook you up with some CFL, uh, DFS as well. But I'm going to start trusting the projections and and the matchups a little bit uh, more uh, than I have. I think I've been riding the hot hand too much, past history, batter matchup, as opposed to the actual sort of matchups and advantages and numbers. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit because, to be honest uh, with you, I'm not in love with Duval tonight, uh, but he just keeps coming up in every projection uh, that I see. Similar situation with Hicks uh, tonight. Hicks is a very trendy uh, pick 
uh, as is Duval. So uh, to repeat, we got Strasburg, we've got Homer, go Bailey, we've got Hicks, Votto, Castro, Franco. Man, it sounds like uh, dictator, uh, dictator 101 here. <laughs> it's Castro, Franco, uh, Brandon Crawford, Cameron Maben, Hoskins, and Duval. There's our uh, baseball uh, lineup. All right, so they're off and running right now in the city uh, of uh, anything but brotherly love. Philadelphia 76ers fort up uh, 14-13. They were just up like 14-7 or something like that. And Boston's gone on a little bit of a run. Current in-game number, if you didn't get in on it yet, uh, Philadelphia now minus 7.5. Total 203.5. Basically, the way this game is going to go is a lot like the way the Toronto Raptor game is going to go this evening. Philadelphia 76ers, Brad home. They're a young team. They understand. Listen, they're the ones that coin trust the process. And, I, you know, for a bunch of sort of bratty, sort of spoiled dudes that they are on the Sixers, they're not a very likable bunch of young guys. Ben Simmons is an Eric Dick. Uh, you know, Embiid is, seems like a cool dude, but, you know, he's such a showboat and, he carries, seems to get more excited about uh, about dunks than wins, um, but I like the way that they were they they were talking about this. Ben Simmons said it's been extremely frustrating, but it's his first playoffs. The playoffs are harder. He's learning, and you know I think you know Philadelphia I think are sort of at peace with where they are uh, right now. So where I'm going with this is, I expect Philadelphia to play well early here. And if Boston can absorb a couple of early Philadelphia runs and MB dunks and stuff, I think Boston will be able to uh, bust out the brooms. And it'll be the same thing tonight with the Raptors game. If the Raptors can get through the first few minutes and not get like down by 18 points like they do every night against uh, Cleveland, it seems, uh, then I think they'll be fine. Paul Povey will join us next to talk about the Raptors and the Cavs. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fourteen, thirteen. Oh, no, 15 Boston. As we mentioned, we grabbed a piece of the Boston Celtics plus the points and the money line uh, as well. We sort of split it in half. As I mentioned, I think if, if Boston absorbs Philadelphia's little early runs here, they're going to be able to suck the energy out of the building. And uh, it'll be a similar situation tonight with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Toronto Raptors. Now, I brought this up earlier. We talked about this. We blew it a little bit. And I think, you know, last year the Raptors did get swept versus the Cavaliers, but Kyle Lowry didn't play uh, in the series. This this Raptor team is a little bit different. You know, they've lost guys two out of three games by a combined three points. Uh, they got screwed in game one. They, you know, they lose by one point. LeBron hits the shot the other night. We should remind you the Raptors did cover the point spread, getting four, losing by the, uh, the deuce. I think they just don't – I, you know, a lot of times teams will roll over in the NBA. I don't think the Raptors are going to roll over because I think they want to avoid the embarrassment of being kept on back-to-back years. So the jackasses like Skip Bayless can't run their mouth. And, um, you know, I'm going down with the ship on this. I think the Raptors show up uh, tonight. Some people agree because it was six last night. It's five right now. Let's bring in one of the uh, sharpest NBA cappers uh, that there is – out there, VegasInsider.com, Paul Bovey, who returns from his world tour, and it was like some sort of a cosmic uh, uh, magic as 
I haven't sent uh, Paul a text uh, in a little while, but I did today asking him if he's back from his trip, and he just got back this morning. It was destiny. What's up, Paul? Perfect timing, Gabe. It was three and a half months. I'm glad to be back, glad to be with you. A lot of NBA going on right now, but I did manage to catch a lot of the games online when I was away. The Philippines, by the way, I was there for a while, and they do uh, pay attention to their NBA. It's funny, though. You get up in the morning, 7, 8 o'clock, and it's like breakfast and the NBA at once. That's great. Yeah, the different uh, the different time zones. And, yeah, you know, when we were in Costa Rica uh, for the Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend, I was amazed, too. I figured the game would be on one network or, you know, we'd be able to find it. But I was flicking around the networks. It was like six networks, you know, all different. Um, you know, the Mexican Fox uh, was there, the Spain. You know, they had all kinds of different feeds. And sports are global. And, you know, NBA is very global. I was just talking about that the other night. You know, the Philippines really copies America's system, too. Their basketball league is the PBA. They have a PBA D league, and they even call their university the NCAA. I don't know if uh, the NCAA is aware of that, but I am being a degenerate gambler uh, that I am. But so where were you? You were in the Philippines. I thought you were in Colombia for a while too. You're all over the place. Oh yeah, I was in Colombia, Gabe, and you. It's very difficult to get the NBA in Colombia. I was going down to Hooters, and I would have to cajole the manager. <laughs> To change station because all they show is football, uh, South America style. So there's there's a Hooters, us, there's so. a Ho- there's Hooters in Colombia. <laughs> there is actually a Hooters in Medellin. So <laughs> it, it, the game. I can't imagine the Hooters. The Hooters girls must be hot there. I would imagine. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely something to look at. You know, in in Colombia, Colombia uh, don't sell them short. These these girls are. <laughs> Quite attractive, Gabe. Right up your alley for sure. Yeah, you know what's funny too. Um, you know, Columbia, near right next to Costa Rica. And, um, I was speaking. You know, I was in New York actually, and I was speaking to the taxi driver was Colombian. And I was talking to him about. He asked me if I'd been there, and I said no, Costa Rica. And I said, man, I go to Colombia, I'm going to get like uh, kidnapped and held hostage or something and robbed right away. He said, no, 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 no. That's like all stereotype. He, and, and and I you know I know other people that tell me man like Colombia is paradise. They're like man I wish I could move to Colombia. I love it down there. So Colombia is a safe place to, to go. It's no more dangerous than anywhere else. Well, old reputations die hard. It's it's a lot safer than the days of Pablo Escobar in the uh, early to mid nineties. It's it's pretty tame over there. I mean you got to be careful. You get in a taxi. They're pretty regulated, but, you know, uh, definitely want to mind your P's and Q's over there. Yeah, exactly. You can get into trouble anywhere, right? I mean, I mean, you know, if you go to Atlanta, you can get whacked, right? So it's not, you know, we don't, we don't want to single-handedly point out uh, Columbia here. All right, uh, so uh, we have an early start uh, tip-off uh, here time this evening. 1918 Boston, uh, lower-scoring game. Toronto Raptors. Paul, it's been heartbreaking, buddy. I was at the game on Thursday, the game two game. The Raptors were up at the half. They completely collapsed in the second half. I melted down after the game, threw a vacuum cleaner, started freaking out. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it, it was just tough. After the, the meltdown game one, then blowing the lead, getting screwed over, the league not reviewing Kevin Love, elbowing DeMar Rosen in the face. Saturday, uh, Thursday, they melt down the second half, show absolutely no life. Uh, Saturday, they put themselves in a 17-point deficit. You would figure they would roll over, but no. They come all the way back. They tie the game only for some reason to let LeBron James uh, take the ball up uh, the entire court and beat them. It's been a heartbreak city for the Raptors. But, man, the the Cavaliers have been money burners laying points at home. What's your take on this game tonight? Well, a closeout situation here up 3-0 since 2005 is basically a 70% proposition. The question beckons, how many times can you take the air out of the balloon before your opponent becomes vulnerable to capitulation, where they weaken to the point where they lack fight? And I think that's the problem here. If they go down 8, 9, 10 points, will they have the fight 
to come back knowing that they lost a pair of games by a total of three points. They're on the road. They're down 3-0. They're on the verge of getting swept. So that would be my concern as a Toronto Raptor fan. Do I think they're going to win the game? No. Can they cover? Absolutely. But I do not think this is going back to Toronto. Sorry, Gabe. It's a tough spot to be in, as stated. They're going to have to uh, – it's sort of like this Philadelphia-Boston game that's going on right now. I mean, look, Philadelphia comes out hot. That You know, they're going to try to be enthusiastic uh, here about it. But if Boston gets up by 10 points, it's going to suck the life out of the building. And and, uh, and Philadelphia roll over. But, if you know, the longer Philadelphia hangs around, the more confidence they're going to get. And similar situation. But, you know, listen, Kyle um, – Kevin Love has been playing great. And the Raptors just, you know, they've let him play great. Corver has hit a couple of threes. Green, J.R. Smith, Corver, and Green, I think they're like 22 of 40 from three-point length uh, in this series between the three of them. I can't believe that that's going to continue. And even LeBron, as great as he is, you know, is every shot. I mean, Paul, he never had this fadeaway jumper, man, that he's added to his repertoire right now. And, you know, I remember, you know, when LeBron used to shoot, I bet if I had money against the Cavs, LeBron would shoot. I'd be like, good. I'm glad that he's not getting aggressive and taking it to the hole because he could score at will if he did. Now when he shoots, it's almost like, oh, man, it's going in. It's almost, you know, you only really feel like that with Kevin Durant, but it's like LeBron never misses now. I got to believe that even LeBron has an off night. I think LeBron... Uh, for as long as I've watched LeBron play, he's kind of a guy who, when he's confident, everything works. And when he lacks confidence, he passes the ball. He doesn't want to shoot. And right now, he's riding the top of the world. As far as Kevin Love goes, look, as soon as they went to this small ball offense, took Tristan Thompson out of the out of the flow of the game, he's only logged 29 minutes the last pair, um, Kevin Love has improved. Look, he's, uh, I think he's 18 for 35 over the last two versus three of 13 in game one. And that small ball has worked because they are absolutely decimating the Raptors inside and out. They are 68 of 112 from inside the arc over the last two games. So Toronto has done everything on offense. Well, they've executed. The problem is they can't stop Cleveland at all. They cannot defend their shooters, and they're getting beat. They have some serious matchup issues, and Dwayne Casey's, you know, Dwayne, I, I was criticizing Casey. We are talking about Casey a lot recently about his rotations, but if you look at his matchup challenge right now, who does he have? I mean, Sergi Baca is a big guy that doesn't play. He doesn't play the way that he used to with Oklahoma. He doesn't defend the paint. He doesn't really block shots. He got intense for about five minutes in the fourth quarter, and he played great, and it helped. Uh, but Baca has been mailing it in. He plays soft. He takes long two. You know, two. Uh, he, he, t- he takes long jumpers for two, or he'll take lazy fees. Um, Jave Jonas Valanciunas is a good offensive player, but he's freaking clueless defensively, and it's a matchup problem. I mean, Kevin Love is just backing up and basically laying it in right now, Paul, and Kevin Love's not known as the most physical banger in the NBA, but he's actually able to bang and back his way into the basket right now. Exactly. He's he's killing them, and you know, it remains to be seen if they could defend this small ball offense. I'm not sure that they can. They may have to outscore them tonight, and, and that's just not the way they play. Their defensive efficiency right now in this series would be at the bottom of the NBA in terms of the regular season metrics. So they're just not defending Cleveland. I agree with you on Ibaka. I think he was a much uh, more effective player when he was with OKC, and I'm disappointed with him. I'm disappointed with the Raptors because I really did think this was their year, but, you know, again, two games, three points that could have flipped either way, especially with that tip-in at the buzzer by Jonas in game one, and it's it's gut wrench for Raptor fans.
All right, let's fast forward to tomorrow. Uh, Utah, looks like Utah's running out of gas uh, right now. They're going to Houston tomorrow night. Similar point spreads at tomorrow night in similar situations. Both elimination games. Houston Rockets are laying 12. Warriors are laying 11 and a half. Um, any early opinions on tomorrow night's uh, games? I, I can't back Utah, Gabe. I, I just feel that they are overmatched here. The loss of Ricky Rubio is, uh, I, I think it's been underpublicized because he, he's, the, he's the engine that makes the team go. And people forgot about him when they had that big upset in game two. English shot the eyes out of the ball. But uh, I think that's what's uh, costing their offense, and I do not believe that they're going to compete tomorrow night. Houston will look to wrap it up, and they'll probably win handily. I'm, you know, Gabe, I'm not one to lay double digits in the NBA. I've done it a couple times during the playoffs and pulled it off, uh, I think, once. But I, I, I don't like the game. I, I don't. I uh, would like to see Utah compete, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the, uh, the Golden State Warriors, they were minus, uh, they're, they're minus 110 and minus 120, depending on the book, uh, right now, Paul, to win the championship. Yeah, they lost one game to the Pelicans, but it looks like the Warriors are starting to come into form. And, you know, it was a strange year for the Warriors. They had a ton of injuries, uh, this year. I think it might be a blessing in disguise in the sense that they, they're not going to be as tired. I mean, we're talking about a Warrior team. You know, this stuff adds up, Paul. So what? They played in three straight NBA finals. Now, you know, they've taken care of business a lot in, in the playoffs, so they haven't played in a lot of seven-game series or anything like that. But still, you add up three regular seasons of high-level intensity basketball trying to break all-time records and all that other stuff, and then you throw in three NBA final runs, uh, you know, fatigue starts to kick in a bit. And I think we saw that in a regular season in a little bit, but – I think with all the collective injuries that they had, it, you know, they're sort of refreshed right now, and I think they they almost have a chip on their shoulder. Sort of like the Patriots, where it's annoying where they don't need a chip on their shoulder, and they always seem to get one. Where Houston in the one seed, Houston became the trendy team. It's like Golden State has that what about us feel about them right now. I think Golden State runs right through Houston and uh, runs right to another championship. I, I don't think it's it's not great odds, but I think it's a good bet. I think Golden State's uh, winning this thing. What do you think? Well, I think Golden State looks a little better than they might be at this point. Pelicans can compete. problem with New Orleans is you go four for 26 from beyond the arc against the Warriors, you're not going to win the game. They were outscored by 21 points from beyond the arc last game. You just need more out of Miritic. You need more out of Rondo. 4-26 just doesn't cut the mustard. Uh, I'm impressed with the Pelicans. They've went a long way this year. I think anything you get out of New Orleans at this point is, is bonus because nobody expected them to do anything when Cousins went down. But I think the um, – the Rocket can compete with the Warriors. I, I think Golden State looks great. They struggled somewhat with San Antonio at times. And uh, I'm looking for a very competitive series there. I was talking about DeMarcus Cousins over the weekend. He's a free agent, and obviously he's going to be a max uh, player. It'll be interesting to see what his market value is, not monetarily, because somebody's going to offer him a max contract, but how many teams view him as a problem or a bad teammate or or an issue? I don't think the Pelicans are going to bring him back. I think he's the type of player that the Raptors need in the interior to actually put him over the top. But, but what do you think? Do you, you know, do you think Cousins fits with the Pelicans? Do you think they'll do this? Or do you think the Pelicans' success without him will make them say, you know what, we're not going to you know, get on the hook with all this money with this guy? I don't. I don't see any possible way the Pelicans bring bring them back. They have way over the team has actually improved. It's become an addition by subtraction situation since he has gone out with an injury, unfortunately. Yeah, it and allows, I think allows Drew Holiday. It allows Drew Holiday to thrive and run around, right, and gives the money to bring in another guy that won't sort of clog things up. 
Yeah, and look, AD has been more effective. Uh, you know, he was playing out of position. He slid over, and he's been, uh, in my opinion, he was the MVP of the league. But some would fight me on that. You'd say it was LeBron or Harden. But I think AD was the uh, MVP of the league, and he put the Pelicans over the top, and here they are, still competing at this point in the playoffs, which absolutely nobody expected. Paul Bovey. VegasInsider.com. Check them out. Thanks, Paul. Game Time Decisions continues. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game time decisions. Lineup lock live. Ready to rage. Check out DKMS slash FNTSY. DKMS.com slash FNTSY. Can win two tickets to the World Series. Play free daily fantasy baseball. And uh, if you're really good at it, you can win two tickets to the World Series. This year's World Series, 2018. One game. Two tickets to a game to the World Series. Not all seven games, but uh, check out DKMS.com. Great people. Uh, fighting uh, blood cancer, so uh, check them out. DKMS.com slash FNTSY. Thanks to Paul Bovey for uh, joining us on the program. It's 30-27 to 27 right now for the Boston Celtics. Make it 33-27 uh, as a beaten-up uh, Boston Celtic uh, team is on the verge of uh, going to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals without Kyrie Irving. Line up, uh, missing Jalen Brown. For numerous games, uh, missing Marcus Smart for numerous games, not to mention trading Isaiah Thomas so they could make room for uh, Howdy Doody, Gordon Hayward, who, of course, got hurt uh, right away. They've been without him uh, all year. This really is an incredible coaching job that uh, Brad Stevens is doing. And, you know, Stevens, you know, it, it, it somewhat bothers me that a lot of coaches sort of become stereotypes or cliches of what people think they are. You know, oh, Dusty Baker's a horrible manager. Well, why? What, what has Dusty Baker done? What decision did he make that you think is so horrible? Well, you know, there's a collection of, of you know, people don't really know. Leonard Hamilton uh, got that. Why? Because Leonard Hamilton didn't foul. He didn't want to prolong it. He actually covered a point spread for the boosters by not doing that. <laughs> right? Oh, Leonard Hamilton's an idiot. Leonard Hamilton got an average FSU team uh, to the Elite Eight, all right? He's not an idiot. He got he got a, an average basketball team to the Elite Eight. Well, he didn't foul and uh, prolong the agony. They weren't going to win the damn game even if he fouled, and he knew it. And uh, they were beaten down. He could have fouled, and it could have made everybody's lives a little bit uh, happier for two seconds, prolong the agony. But, you know, my whole point is, so Brad Stevens, I always thought sort of got anointed a genius in the NBA a little bit too quickly. You know, Brad Stevens this, Brad Stevens that. It's like, dude, he's got pretty good players on his team. He's an all right coach. What the hell has Boston ever really done? You know, like to me, this really is the first, this is like the first, holy crap, look what Brad Stevens can do. Like he he literally is coaching this team to victory. And hey, make no mistake about it, man. Danny Ainge is a genius. Like, he really is. Like, this this Boston team, I mean, look how good they are right now. Jason Tatum's a damn rookie, guys. Jason Tatum. We'll talk about Ben Simmons. We can talk about Embiid. You can talk about that Bozo, Alonzo uh, Ball, and, and uh, the, the, the Bozo uh, Ball brothers and all that crap and LeVar. You can talk about, you know, all these young NBA players. You know, Jason Tatum's not a jackass on Twitter, so people don't talk about him, but... The kid's a monster. He's averaging 24 points a game in this series. He's a damn rookie, all right? Uh, Jalen Brown looks like a player that's been in the league for six, seven years already, and the kid's only in his second year out of Cal. 
Like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are a nice nucleus alone of a future basketball team. All right, like if you've got, all right, we've got Jalen Brown, we got Jason uh, Tatum, you'd be like, damn, that's that's a nice little, you know, youth, man. That's a good one-two combo you guys have coming up. It's like, oh, yeah, no, we also have this Terry Rozier guy that's suddenly really good. And, and oh, yeah, we've got Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Like they're, you know, they're going to be a real solid team for years to come. Danny Ainge continues to flee supposing general managers. If Danny Ainge calls you and you're a GM, man, just say no. It's basically like a telemarketer calling you. You know, like if a telemarketer's calling you, they're not calling you because it's good for you. You know, they're not hiring somebody. <laughs> they're not hiring somebody to shake you down for money because, you know, they're losing money on the deal. You know, so you don't answer the call. It's the same thing with Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge wants to deal with you. You just ignore the call because you're just going to end up getting fleeced and he's going to end up with your first uh, your first overall pick. So, uh, yeah, Boston. Uh, in a, but an incredible run right now. An incredible run right now with a, with a depleted uh, a depleted lineup. And they're dominating, man. You know, they're on the verge of a sweep uh, right now. And I'll tell you what. It's going to take a lot for the National Basketball Association to get LeBron much further here. Like, I love the Toronto Raptors, and it's all matchups. If the Raptors played the Boston Celtics, it would be a battle. I think it would be a seven-game war. But the Boston Celtics, we can talk all we want about the Raptors this and the Raptors that, and this issue and the ref this and that, but the fact of the matter is the Raptors are a little bit soft. And Paul Bovey brought it up, but the Raptors and their defense efficiency in the playoffs have been freaking terrible in this series. They're getting pushed around. Like, the Raptors are not a very big team. You know, DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan's what, 6'5", 6'6"? DeMar DeRozan is a, he's a soft-spoken, nice dude. He's a scorer, all right? He's not a physical player. Kyle Lowry is a little bulldog, but Kyle Lowry's a small dude. All right, You you go down the list. Um, you know, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas on the Raptors is a big, ripped dude. He's actually a pretty tough guy, too. Like, when he gets into it, you can see he's ready to take your head off. But he's clueless defensively, so it doesn't matter if he's tough because people just run right past him. <laughs> Sergi Baca is a big, tough guy on the Raptors. He plays like a wuss, man. You know, Ibaka. Like, Ibaka is like 6'10". If he gets pissed off, he'll get in your face. If not, he'll mail it in. The Boston Celtics aren't like that. You know, Jalen Brown will get in your face. Tatum's going to get in your face. Marcus Smart's going to get in your face. Horford's going to get in your face. So even with the aiding and abetting of the National Basketball Association trying to push LeBron James to the fish line here, I think Boston beats them. And, you know, maybe I'm just a, um, maybe I'm just a masochist uh, by betting against uh, LeBron James all the time, but you know what? It was profitable. They didn't cover against the Pacers. Raptors did cover the other night, so as frustrating as this series has been, the fact is the Raptors are only 1-2 against the spread. I think they're going to get it back uh, tonight. I'm calling this right now. Now, I wish that Marta Rosen would be a little bit cheaper uh, this evening on DraftKings. Now, you have to go into the single uh, the single game matchups. He was $7,500 in the, in the classic uh, format, but of course, there's only one more game left and now you get these weird stupid prices so he's 11,600 so DeMar DeRozan is the fourth most expensive player in his basketball game tonight in the single single game wagering uh, single game uh, contest NBA showdown holy crap LeBron James $19,500 I don't think I've I've never seen a a player that expensive guys your salary cap is (laughs) $50,000 like if you take LeBron James, you take LeBron James, you've got $6,100 average for five other players. Now, to put in context, guys, the the players that are $6,100, J.R. Smith is $6,200, Jeff Green is $5,600, George Hill is $5,000, DeLon Rice is $4,600, Fred Van Fleet, forty-one. Now, if you want to play LeBron James, now, this is crazy, but... You got to go contrarian, guys, uh, with this, and especially at DraftKings, got people playing a million lineups. You've got to go contrarian on this. And Fred Van Fleet's been struggling. All right, Fred Van Fleet's been struggling. He's not hitting shots, but it's not like he's not going to play. All right, the guy gets a ton of minutes, and Casey loves him. Casey loves him. 
He played 33 minutes on Saturday, played 24 minutes. His minutes keep going up. He's come back from injury. Fred VanVleet was two for nine from the field, and he ended up with 12 uh, DK points. So he's basically like he's dirt. It's like 3600 bucks tonight in the Classic, but in this format, it's $4,100. I would expect Van Fleet to bounce back uh, this evening. And I don't know if I'm just blinded and I've got too much confidence in DeMar DeRozan, but I think DeMar DeRozan bounces back in a big way tonight after getting benched in the fourth quarter. Dwayne Casey made his point. He's not going to help himself in case he's not going to save his own job and his own cause here by picking on DeMar DeRozan right now. You know, this is almost like a case of moving forward. And even if the Raptors get down, since DeMar didn't play in the fourth quarter the other night, I think he'll he'll continue to stay on the floor here this evening. But, you know, you I'm going correlated on this. And I'm correlating the fact that I sincerely, honestly believe that the Toronto Raptors are going to win this game this evening. And I honestly, sincerely believe that not a lot of people in the DFS world or betting world are going to want a piece of the Raptors tonight. So I think that Fred Van Fleet is uh, worth a look this evening. I think C.J. Miles is worth a look tonight. Uh, Kyle Lowry has been the most consistent uh, Toronto Raptor. Uh, you know, I can, I have no problem with playing Kyle Lowry uh, in this lineup this evening, but as we stated, it's kind of tough. Lowry's the most expensive player. So, like, if you take LeBron James and Kyle Lowry, then suddenly... You know, you've got $4,400 a player left, and you're getting into, you know, you're getting into the C.J. Miles of the world for 3800 bucks. Van Fleet, 4100 Ananobi, 3200 This kid's a freaking stud. All right? Ananobi's a stud. You know, George Hill hasn't sucked in this series. That's the thing. The people make fun, I guess, on SNL the other night. They did a bit with uh, the other Cavalier players in which they mocked the other Cav players. Except um, not all these other players on the Cavs have sucked in this series. And they actually have made a difference. Like, there's been numerous times, man. It's been about four or five times in this series, in games, the Raptors were either about to pull away or the Raptors were cutting into a Cavs lead. And Kyle Korver hits like a devastating dagger type of three. It's happened on numerous occasions in this series so far. But um, listen, this isn't me being a Toronto Raptor fan. The Cleveland Cavaliers are money burners, man. They've covered like 11 games all year at home this year. Yeah, they didn't cover the game the other night. So I don't really see, you know, listen, the line came down. It was six. It's now five. We're going to uh, we're gonna stick to our guns uh, here. We're taking the Toronto Raptors here this evening. But let's get to our plays of the day. Let's start off with the Cincinnati Reds. It's a little Major League Baseball. We'll get back to the basketball in a second. We talked about it earlier. Uh, the Mets are colder than our horse conflict diamond is, all right? Uh, they've been shut out three times in the last six games. Sepetis is now uh, injured. It's always a gamble when you're taking Homer Bailey, but the, like I said, the Mets are just lifeless right now. It's, it's There's a lot of negativity around the team. Uh, their pitching staff, as always, and Florio's a Mets fan. You, you could attest to this, Mike. Uh, I'm talking about a lot of negativity around the Mets. You're a Mets fan. Are you negative right now? <laughs> I mean, when aren't we negative? <laughs> like, Isn't it the same crap every year with the Mets? Like where the, everyone just gets hurt, there's turmoil, and, you know, Matt Harvey, turmoil, and pitchers, uh, other pitchers go on the DL. It's like deja vu with this team. Yeah, uh, pitchers th- on the DL, Cespedes getting banged up, yeah, all, all over. It's just, it's repeats every year. Yeah, they were outscored 34-11 during the homestand. Yeah, that's out- that's not good. 0-6 homestand. They scored uh, two runs or less in five of the baseball games. They've, the Mets have lost 14 of their last 20 games, guys, after that 11-1 uh, start to the season. Give me the Cincinnati Reds tonight, minus 110. So, listen, we're going to take the Houston Astros tonight against uh, the Oakland Athletics. Um, I don't really understand this line tonight. I, I don't know, man. Dallas Keuchel's not getting uh, a lot of love or respect, or neither are the Houston Astros here. I mean, I had to do a double take. 
I had to do a double take on the line of this game. So the Astros are minus 135. Uh, they took two or three. They took two or three from the Athletics um, April 27 through 29. So basically last uh, last week, they're 25 and 13 against Oakland uh, over the past two seasons. Yeah, let's dig a little deeper in the Dallas Keuchel. Uh, the Astros are 10 and four in Dallas Keuchel's past 14 starts against the Oakland Athletics. Um, they're also 21 and eight in their last 29 games against the Oakland Athletics. I don't understand the line, but it, you know whatever. I'm not a very smart person. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm taking the Houston Astros, minus 135. Here's another line. I guess I get it. Uh, the Nationals are minus 170. I thought maybe it'd be a little bit higher, but it's low enough to make uh, to pique my interest here with Steven Strasburg. Um, he pitched for San Diego State. It's a homecoming game for him. We talked about it earlier on the DFS uh, portion of the program. He lights it up. Uh, when he goes back uh, to San Diego, he's 6-2 and two all time against the, the Padres. He's great at Petco. It's a pitcher's park. Uh, the Padres, uh, third, uh, third worst Woba versus righties in Major League Baseball, 28K, 28% uh, strikeout rate. The Nationals have won 24 or 30 uh, uh, starts uh, that Strasburg has started on the road, 17-5 and five in his past 22 road starts against teams with losing records, and the Nationals are 12-0 and 0 straight up when Steven Strasburg starts in the month of May. You can't say I'm not giving you reasons why I'm taking these uh, baseball games tonight. I'm taking the Washington Nationals, minus 170. Uh, we talked about the Toronto Raptors a lot tonight. Paul Bovey. Doesn't think the Raptors have a hope of hell of winning the game, but he thinks they could potentially cover the point spread. I think they're going to win the game, and I think they're going to win the game on Wednesday, and I think they're going to lose in six. I think they're going to shock the basketball world and win this game, and they're going to win game five on Wednesday, and then they'll lose. They'll lose game six going back to Cleveland. I sincerely believe this. Uh, you know, this team has this team does actually care. They're just, the basketball gods don't like them, man. Uh, it looks like Joel Embiid's injured right now, his shoulder or something, not even his face. No, he's back on the court. Um, see, I think the, I think the, uh, the Raptors, Raptors are going to surprise everybody and win this game uh, tonight. Um, you can take them plus the five, six points and uh, grab them on the money line. NHL hockey. This is an interesting, uh, another interesting pick. I'm going contrarian tonight, but you know what? We got the Celtics on the money line. We got the Raptors on the money line. And we're taking the Washington Capitals on the money line, plus 170. And, you know, if two, two or three of these uh, win, it's going to be a nice profit right there on its own. Washington Capitals are plus 170. The total is six. We're going to go under the number in this game as well. The entire world is on the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, here, but this Capitol team is different. They were down 0-2 to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they didn't roll over. They came back. Ovechkin guaranteed it. They had to do it on the road. They did it, and I think they're going to slay another uh, dragon. And uh, Listen, it's been two years in a row that the Penguins have knocked the Capitals out of the playoffs. Payback's a bitch. Capitals get it done tonight. Plus 170. And sorry, Nashville. Smashville, you're smashed. It's a whiteout. Winnipeg Jets win this hockey game. They're just bigger and faster. Jets win. Minus 155. And you know what? Lay the puck and a half at plus 190. A little plus money. Empty netter.